Mark chapter 6. We're going to start at verse number 7 and read to verse number 13. If you don't have physical Bibles, that's okay because my church is a digital church. Amen. We use tablets and phones and iPads and all of those things. Amen. So just pull up the Bible app or you can go online the web browser and look up Bible. And you'll be able to find whatever you're looking for. Mark chapter 6, verse number 7. And we're going to read to verse number 13. Amen. I'll give y'all time to get there. Amen. I'm excited. Excuse me. I have uh, pre-excitement jitters about conference time and new decade and new season and new anointing. I'm excited because God is doing something in the house. Amen. Expansion is here and expansion is coming. And man, I'm, I'm elated right now. Amen. Mark chapter 6, verse number 7. If you're there, say amen. Amen. New King James Version. And we're going to read together. Ready? Read. And he called his 12 disciples together and began sending them out two by two. Is this not new? Oh, excuse me. I'm on NLT. Praise the Lord. Amen. The church was like, wait, Pastor. All right, we're going to try that again. Amen. Ready? Read. And he called the 12 to himself and began to send them out two by two. And gave them power over unclean spirits. He commanded them to take nothing for the journey except the staff. No bag, no bread, no copper in their money belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. And he said to them, in whatever place you enter a house, stay there till you depart from that place. And whoever will not receive you nor hear you, when you depart from there, shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony against them. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. So they went out and preached that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. You may be seen. Amen. Amen. Have you been released? Now, the first thing that I want to highlight out of this entire passage is verse number seven when it starts with, and he called the 12 to himself. One thing I know about the nature of God is that he never asks us to do anything without giving us the instructions to do it. But the significance of this particular verse is the Bible says that he called the 12 to himself. Amen. What I got from this is that God called the disciples in his presence. Amen. It's very important to be in the presence of God because when you're in God's presence, you can hear him clearly. We spoke on uh, when Christians at Christ Life series, the Believer's Prayer Life. One of the things we highlighted was learning how to isolate ourselves from distractions and enter into the presence of God. But the purpose of that was to hear God's voice clearly. Some people can hear God in the midst of a million distractions. It may be a bit of a struggle, but they're able to accomplish defeat. However, most people need unadulterated focus on God in order to hear him when he's speaking. And so if there's a million distractions, they're not going to hear him clearly. So the first thing I got from this is that God called the 12 to himself. In other words, said, come, let me give you some instructions for the task that's at hand. Brings me to the point. God never sends you out to do a task without you being in his presence. Amen. If you're taking notes, whatever you see, bold it. Those are notes. Amen. God never sends you out to do a task without being in his presence. Amen. Let's look at the next part. Verses 8 through 11. Verse 8 says, he commanded them to take nothing for the journey except the staff. No bag, no bread, no copper in their money belts. But to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. I'm going to stop right there at verse number nine and explain something that God gave me. So I was looking at this passage and I was trying to figure out what was significant on not putting on two tunics. Well, let me break down what tunic is. Tunic in Hebrew Israelite culture is an undergarment with sleeves. So it would be the equivalent of a tank top with sleeves. Okay. So when someone had, is mentioned to be naked in the Bible, they're not really naked, except in Genesis. They have on just merely a tunic. 
Watch this. So I asked God, I said, God, why was it significant for them not to carry two tunics? They should have worn something and then put on clothes on top of that. God spoke to me. In the culture, including being run by Roman soldiers at the time, if you had two tunics, that meant you had a higher social status. If you had one tunic, it meant you were of the lower class. Follow me. So when God told the disciples, don't take anything except the staff and only wear one tunic, what he was telling them was, you have to be relatable to everybody. See, people that are of the lower social status was what was really populating the area of Israel at the time. Hear me. When two tunics were presented on a person, we've signified them as a higher class citizen. So they were either an official or a Roman soldier or a magistrate, but they had some type of importance in society. Jesus said that the kingdom in heaven is not meat and drink, but peace, love, and joy in the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? He didn't want us to focus on material things. So he sent them out with merely a staff and one piece of garment. Obviously, they had on something here, right? But one piece of garment made them relatable to the people that they were going to minister to because most of the people that needed Jesus were the people who didn't have anything. Let's be clear. We're talking about going into a society where Roman soldiers don't really care about that Messiah that the Hebrews are talking about, but the people that are willing to accept that message are the people who don't really have anything. If you'll wait, church, say amen. We're talking about a people who are under Roman rule, so everything they got, they got from the Romans. See, when we read scripture, we have to break it down and understand the context behind it. Jesus sent them out with nothing because the people they were going to minister to had nothing. So if they came with something, it would seem overbearing, like are they trying to show off that they have more class than me? Why they have on two tunics in my presence? Or they would have looked at it like this. I'm not going to receive the message from them because they're preaching the gospel that they don't really relate to because they don't know what it's like to struggle. Oh, I'm preaching it here. They don't know what it's like not to have anything. They don't know what it's like to go hungry at night. They don't understand that. Look at them. They have social status. If you're awake, say Amen. amen. God never sends us out to do a task without being in his presence because he wants to give us specific instructions. Watch this. Verse 10. He said, also he said to them, in whatever place you enter a house, stay there till you depart from that place. Now, there's another thing that's significant about that. When you go into a place, stay there until you depart from that place. What place? The city you're in. In other words, don't go host up, go get multiple Airbnbs. The one you go stay in is where you should stay until you leave that city you're unfamiliar with. Oh, if you're waiting for the punchlines, they already here. Listen, God sent them out to a place and said, wherever you enter, stay there until you leave that place. The Bible says that. If I receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, then I receive a prophet's reward. That lets me know that not only did God want us to go to these people and stay there so we can have some stability while we're ministering. But if they had nothing while they're there taking care of the people of God, God is going to bless them with something when we leave. Oh, come on, somebody. See, it's a method to God's madness. You understand? They went there and stayed until they departed from that place. Why? Because not only was God going to use them to minister to the people, but the people were going to be blessed by the way they took care of the people of God that God had sent into those cities. Okay? Watch this. Verse number 11. And whoever will not receive you nor hear you when you depart from there. Now notice this. The Bible says when you depart. But previously, he just told them, stay there until you depart. I'm going to draw this back full circle. Last week, we talked about being ready for whatever. And I specifically said that when people reject you, it is not your job to make them receive what God has told you to give them. Them staying in that place doesn't change because the people that they're staying with are not receiving the message. Let's tie this in. God's specific instructions didn't change based on the people's receptance of the message that the people he sent out were going to give. 
No matter whether they believed in Jesus or not, as long as they were housing, God said, you stay there until you leave that city. What we like to do is we like to alter God's instructions based on our comfortability level. Am I preaching in here? <laughs> Deacon. When, when we go into someone's house and they don't welcome us, but God has called us on assignment to speak something, our natural man kicks in when they're not receptive and says, well, you know what? God bless you. I'll be on my way now. That's not how God works. Sometimes God wants you to be in an uncomfortable situation because he's shaping your character in the midst of your trial. Amen. He says, stay there until you depart from that place. Watch this, verse 11. Whoever will not receive you nor hear you, when you win, when you depart from there, shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony against them. Not get in the group chat and talk about them to your people. Not get online and shove them on social media because they were none receptive to the message that God gave you to give them. The Bible said that when they left, they were to shake off the dust from their feet as a testimony against them. Who is the testimony for? Not for man, because nobody sees you shaking off the dust. Romans 14, verse 10. Everyone must give account for themselves to God. And then he repeats that in verse number 12. We all must stand before that judgment seat and give account to God. I may have them mixed up, one saying the other, but they're saying the same thing. We all have to give an account. Watch this. It says, Assuredly, I'll say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Now watch this. Watch this. I never said that just because people don't receive you does not mean that God will not hold them accountable. But it's not your job to try to hold them accountable for not being responsible for the message God gave you to give. Mind you, these are very specific instructions. He sent them out with specific instructions. In other words, God will never send you on an assignment blindly. If you're going on an assignment off just faith alone, it might not be God telling you to do it. I'm about to kill some missing here. See, we walk by faith and not by sight, but we still got to hear Oh, come on, church, y'all sleep. See, we like that walk by faith, not by sight, when we want to take a risk that doesn't seem logical, and we just want to go against the grain. But unless you got specific instructions from God, you might want to stay put until you get those instructions. If the blind lead the blind, Brother Keith, they both fall into the ditch. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And when there is no vision, the people perish. What does perish mean? Die. You can't have a vision unless you hear the vision from God. See, I can tell you what God wants for this church, but if you're not willing to listen, how will you know? He sent them out with specific instructions. They had to be willing to listen and then apply them. Somebody say, apply them. Apply them. My favorite thing to ask people is, I know you hear me, but are you listening? See, you can usually find out if somebody is listening by about 30 minutes time passed by and then you ask them what you originally said at the top of the conversation and we'll see if they were really listening or not. Y'all nod your head and say amen. amen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm talking in here. Watch this. God will never send us out to do a task without clear-cut instructions. Look at verse 11. And whoever will not receive you nor hear you, when you depart from there, shake off the dust under your feet. Watch this. There's something very significant about this. It's not your job to let rejection stop you from continuing the course God has for you. Just because you got to shake off the dust does not mean your assignment is finished. Your assignment is finished in that place. You still have work to do. Oh, this is the end of the year message for a reason. It's your job to do exactly what God gave you to do. But just because they reject you does not mean you stop continuing the course. Somebody said continue the course. We still have work to do. Amen. If you're awake, say amen. amen. Watch this. 
Watch this. Verse number 12. So they went out and preached that people should repent. I said, God, what's significant about this? Even though I could come up with an assortment of understandings for this. But the Bible says, lean not to thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he would direct thy paths. Right? So watch this. I said, God, what does that mean? What's significant about verse 12? Why is it significant that they went out and preached that people should repent? You got to understand that. When you go out to give someone good news, you usually have to tell them the bad news first. Usually people go, you want to hear the good news or the bad news? And people with logical common sense usually say, let me get the bad news first. Because if I get good news and then you hit me with bad news after, it's like going to kill the emotional high I had when you gave me the good news. Right? Watch this. They went out and preached that people should repent. Why is this significant? I'm going to break it down. It's still significant today. Anytime God was giving a Movement, a movement was going forth for God. The first thing that the people of God were instructed to give was a message of repentance. Why is that important? When you're sorry for something, you're upset that you got caught. But when you repent for something, you are deeply sorrowful for what you did and then you change. We live in a generation that is sorry a lot, but they're not repentant. I don't need no amens. Listen, we live in a generation that will hear you tell them the truth, but they're not listening. Proverbs, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the Lord examines the heart. See, what we got to do, pay attention, repentance has to still be preached to the culture, but before we can repent, and send that message to the unbelievers. We got to bring it to the church. See, Christians want to skip the church and go straight to the unsaved folk and say, "Repent! You shouldn't be watching that. Repent! You shouldn't be looking at that. Repent! You shouldn't be saying that." But we don't want to tell our neighbor in the chair next to us that they shouldn't be saying that and they shouldn't be doing that and they shouldn't do that because it makes their witness be tarnished when they do that. We want everybody else to repent except us. Amen. You see, you can't preach to no one else and tell them to repent until you repent for what you need to repent of. It's too many people putting on robes and garments and saying the gospel message, but there's still things that they're not willing to go to God about and get clarity on. This is why we go in a lot of churches and we don't feel the Holy Spirit present because... How can we usher in the presence of God with sin in our hearts? The Bible says that if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And when they say hear me in that text, and you can take it out and take it into another version, that means listen. Oh, come on, somebody. See, we got to learn how to teach people about the error in their ways before we can get them to understand why it's important to repent. You can't just tell somebody, like, don't watch that porn, brother. It ain't good for you. You can't do that. You have to show them why it's not good for them. I ain't talking to nobody here, but Deacon, Deacon, listen. You can't go on your job and tell them that they should stop using profanity next to you. Why? I'm grown. That's how I express myself. You have to show them. But when you speak... Your tongue carries life and death. And there are things that we say that can cause death to our spiritual man. And then our physical man will see the results of that thing. The Bible says, let no filthy communication come out of your mouth. But only that which is good and helpful to you. You want me to give you a revelation? Do you know what profane means? Anybody? Don't worry, I'll give it to you. Profane means to disrespect, disregard, make unsacred, make unholy, 
So if your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit and you allow profanity to flow out of your mouth, you're desecrating your temple. Yes. Yes. That's what profanity stands for. Yes. The communication of profaneness coming from someone. Jesus. Don't worry. Y'all will get it tomorrow. See, what you got to understand is that when you explain something to someone, you have to give them the basis behind it. Because merely telling someone not to do something carries no weight anymore. Millennials don't care that you should go to church. They want to know why they should go to church. Because I got my own relationship with God at the house. But you can't tell them nothing if you don't know your word. So you got to study and show yourself approved and be able to explain to them that, well, number one, that iron sharpens iron, Proverbs 17, 17. So therefore, being amongst other believers will sharpen your spirit. Yes. Come on. Or you can take them to the other part that says, let's not forsake the assembling together. With one another, as some of them have done. In other words, if others have done it and you told us not to do it, then they're in error and we should not do that. Psalm 133, it says, behold, how pleasant it is for the brethren. Who is the brethren? The believers. To dwell together in unity. How am I going to be unified if I never show up to be unified with the group? And then there's this thing where God inhabits the praises of his people. People equals more than one. That's good you worshiping at the house, but God will inhabit the praises of the corporate worship, not just the personal worship. They went out and preached that people should repent. I'm going to let y'all relish on that. Somebody going to have to go on the podcast or the YouTube and get it tomorrow. It's okay. Uh, you have to stick to the message. Watch this. Verse 7. And begin to send them out two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. Now, I want you to go we're going back up to verse 7. And it's very significant. He gave them power over unclean spirits. Somebody say power. Power. We like power, don't we? Everybody knows the power. If you don't want no power, I'm going to pray for you because you're going to need some. <laughs> this world got, they got some power. They got some power out here. So you better have some power to be able to deal with it. Okay? So, watch this. He gave them power after he what? He sent them out two by two. Here's another significance. If you don't need nobody, why Jesus sending out people two by two? You know, my first official message was no Rambos allowed. Why did I pick that? Because Rambo could do it all by himself. But there's this funny thing about Rambo if we think about it. Dick and Keith, you were around during the era when they originally made the movie. That's how I'm about to do it. Originally, Rambo was fired, but he always got caught. I wonder why. As powerful and as good of a marksman as he was, he wouldn't have got caught if he had somebody to watch his six. Yes. Amen. Ecclesiastes 2 is better than 1. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. You know why some of you are broken in your spirit? Because you're trying to do this Christian walk by yourself. You need people. You need people. And I'm not talking about just coming to church on Sunday and speaking to people on Sunday and then praise the Lord, love you, and then we see you again next week. How can you be in communication? How can I sharpen you if I don't know anything about you? How can I help you with your weaknesses if I don't know what your weaknesses are? See, this is why I built the church as God instructed me on vulnerability and transparency because people have to be able to trust you in order to want to be able to confess some things and be able to confide in you. All a confidant is is someone that you can confess to without feeling uncomfortable about what you just said. People will pay top dollar to go to a stranger and be let them counsel them. All that person really does is let you vent a lot and then they talk for a little bit and still get paid top dollar. (laughs) You're sponsoring their bins outside. Just from talking. You can talk to a brother or sister in Christ that you learn to trust, but you won't know who you are best suited with if you never communicate. Amen. Hmm. 
That's a good one. See, 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 I might not be like best suitable with Sister Chloe, but the more I begin to communicate with the body that I'm assigned to, I'll figure out that maybe this brother here and me have a lot in common. And then I'm able to sharpen him where he's weak, and he's able to sharpen me where I'm weak, and now the two is better than the one. Right. Oh. Y'all gonna get it tomorrow, saints. I'm not, that ain't even the point. Somebody say, that's not the point. Okay, he's got more. He gave him power over unclean spirits together. But watch this. Why is that significant? Jesus gave them power after. Somebody say after. He sent them out. Now look, 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 look. You ready? The power of God accompanies you when you've been released to do what God has called you to do. Not before. I'm going to say that again. The power of God accompanies you when you've been released. What's the title called? Have you been released? You ain't get no power unless you get released. See, see, the thing is, is that Jesus was giving them instructions, but Jesus had been teaching them and shaping them and molding them and building them and breaking them gracefully. And then he sent them out because they were equipped. Somebody say equipped. You can't go out and equip anybody else until you yourself have been equipped. Have you been released? If you're awake, say amen. Amen. Oh, come on, Jesus. Look at this. Y'all got these notes down? Okay, if y'all iPhone shabby, you can take a picture and add it to the note that you're taking notes on so you don't have to sit there and type it all out. It's going to help the iPhone people. I don't know about any other phone. Okay. We good? Amen. Next point. Watch this. Yes. You have authority. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Jesus speaking. And nothing shall by enemies hurt you. But my question is, have you been released? Thank you, Jesus. See, hold it though. Mark 6, verse 7. Through 13. Let's look at MSG. Just change the translation to from New King James to MSG. Watch this. If you're there, say amen. Watch this. Jesus called the twelve to him and sent them out in pairs. He gave them authority and power to deal with the evil opposition. He sent them off with these instructions. Don't think you need a lot of extra equipment for this. You are the equipment. Let me stop right there. One second. One second. One second. One second. I told you that he sent them out with nothing physically, but he sent them out with everything spiritually. If you always say amen. You are the equipment. Watch this. No special appeals for funds. In other words, don't start a GoFundMe. I got you. Amen. <laughs> Watch this. Keep it simple. Somebody say kiss. Kiss. Keep it simple, sweetheart. Oh. I'm going to use that one because I'm trying to be Christ-like. <laughs> because if you was in the military or JROTC or anywhere, else, keep it simple, stupid. That's what it was said. But I'm going to keep it simple, sweetheart. <laughs> Watch this. Verse number, verse number 10. And no luxury. Somebody say luxury. luxury. In other words, don't stay at the Valentine. You might have to do the super eight. No <laughs> And no luxury inns. What's an inn? A hotel. So if you can't go to the hotel, I guess you're going to the motel. Deacon. God will humble you quickly. I promise after the time of living testimony. No luxury is. Get a modest place and be content. Somebody say content. There until you leave. You know why God asked them to do that? They weren't going on vacation. They was going on assignment. So it really didn't matter how they slept as long as the message they had was carried forth. We want God to put us in five-star hotels so we can go preach the gospel. Until you get to that level of faith and that level of obedience, God will put you in the motel first. I'm a testimony. 
Watch this. Watch this. It says, if you're not welcome, not listened to, quietly withdraw. Read that next part. Don't, Don't make a scene. No, say it with me. Don't make a scene. Love makes things in the church. <laughs> I went out there and I told them what the word of the Lord was, and they refused it. I can't yeah. believe it. They so yeah. simple. No grace. They got no grace. You got all the prophetic and you got no grace. Listen, 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 listen. We go. I told them they should stop smoking that joint, but they didn't even listen to me. I'm trying to be a good Christian soldier. No, 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 you're not, because you ain't learned how to quietly withdraw yet. Don't make a scene. Jesus did never make a scene. It was the people around him that was making the scene. See, he wasn't saying anything to make a scene, but the Pharisees and the Sadducees wanted to make a scene so they could see if they could get some from the master. But what we like to do is they threw a curveball right here. I'm going to keep on swinging. You didn't even listen to the coach to tell you whether you should butt or whether you should swing or whether you should take the ball. See? Maybe this day don't know sports. Did you keep? So, maybe we, where, where should we go? Not, not, not baseball? Okay, basketball. We're in the two-minute drill and you're trying to still shoot and you're in a shooting slump right now. They done locked you up and instead of passing out to the teammate who doesn't really score a lot but who's been in the gym practicing, you wouldn't know that because you're not in communication with your teammates. You're trying to be a Rambo. You're trying to play Kobe by yourself with no Shaq. Maybe they understand that one. Y'all got that one? Let's do another one. Maybe they don't got that one. Let's do another one. In other words, you're in deep water. You can't swim. Your floaty done deflated, and you ain't even looking to the lifeguard for any further instructions. If you was listening to the swimming teacher, maybe you remember right here is where you tread water. In other words, having done all to stand, stand. But no, you want to keep on fighting the current. You're going against the process. We like to keep swimming upstream. Maybe you should just rest in God and let it carry you down to your assignment. I can't hear nobody. Uh, watch this. The Bible says, don't make a scene. As a matter of fact, it says, shrug your shoulders and be on your way. Breaker. 
If God doesn't release you to do something, you're not authorized to do with it. Amen. I don't care how long you've been in God. If he didn't release you, you don't have no authority for it. Just look at one another and say, he's not talking to me, neighbor. Just look at him. He's talking to you. It's okay. No problem. See, what we like to do is say that God has given us power to turn upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. I'm the blood of Jesus and start trying to cast out devils that we're not authorized to go cast out. Yeah, let's, let's be quiet. We don't want nobody to know it's Everybody be quiet. Just look straight ahead and say, keep preaching, Pastor. Look straight. Keep preaching, Pastor. Go ahead. Good. That's right. So nobody knows you. See, when you're quiet, they're going to think it's you. Just look ahead and say, keep preaching, Pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. No, look, 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 look. Y'all got to lighten up, man. Y'all got to lighten up. Seriously, no, seriously. Some of y'all got it. Some of y'all, the joy of the Lord need to be your strength. It's okay. Keep it's okay. It's early. Listen, when you're released to do something, you're authorized to do it. See, let me show you how this works. You want to break it down in millennial terms? See, cops. Let's talk See, if you are in DeKalb County and a Sandy Springs police officer rolls up on you, even if they saw you doing something, they don't have the authority to tell you anything because that's out of their jurisdiction. I'm finna preach. If you're in DeKalb County in a Fulton County police squad car pulls up on you, I don't care if they see you lighting a blunt in front of their face and like that right there. They can't do nothing because they're out of their jurisdiction. They haven't been authorized to deal with that county. But let me tell you who can. That state trooper can pull up in any jurisdiction and pull over anybody with any license plate. Don't really matter where you're from, how long you've been there. Don't matter what color your car is. It don't matter if they like you or don't like you. It don't matter if you're a senator or a regular citizen. When they pull you over, they got the authority to deal with whatever they come to you about. You know why? Because they've been authorized. They've been released by the state to be able to do that. What we need to understand is that there are people that God has authorized to deal with things on that level. But if you are a local police officer, stay in your jurisdiction spiritually. Amen. I had a young man call me about two weeks ago, and he spoke to me. And he said, Pastor, man, yeah, man, I see you. I've been praying in tongues, and God is moving, and I'm excited with him because I'm like, praise God. You know, it's, it's fire. And he's like, I'm on fire for God, and I've been reading my word, and I've been in my personal prayer closet, and I've been studying. Duh, 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 duh. I'm like, praise God, praise God. So then he says, um, so like, um, I said, well, do you have a local fellowship? Who's your covering? Somebody guess what he said. That's a good choice. He said, well, I don't have, I haven't really, um, i just been studying a lot, and I've been looking online and looking up stuff, and I've been praying and stuff. That's good. But you have to have a covering. Stay with me. See, what he thought was he had received power from Holy Spirit, so that gave him the authority to be able to deal with whatever he was about to face. But he forgot that that same Holy Spirit does everything decently and in order. So then he asked me, should I go cast out this devil out of the... I said, no, 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 I said, no, no. You pray in your personal prayer closet and pray for God to, you know, do what he needs to do in her life. What he would have done is he would have went out without being released and he would not have been authorized. And I'm going to make you do some research. Look up the seven sons of Sceva in the Bible. See what happened to them. That's what would have happened to the good young brother. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Have y'all ever seen people on TV and on webinars and all kinds of stuff laying hands on people that's supposed to be possessed and ain't nothing happening? I guess they must not have been authorized. Don't let people around you gas your head up to do something that's outside of your jurisdiction. Don't let the next person saying they hear from God, this is what you're supposed to do, gas you up to go do something that's out of your jurisdiction. Y'all quiet right now. That's good. Rather show this point. See, the thing is, is that 
I never said you won't be authorized. I said you have to be released. Let's take it back to Scripture. The Bible says he sent them out in Paris. After he sent them out, he gave them authority and power. So power alone wasn't going to cut it. They needed authority. To deal with what? The evil opposition. Watch this. Can y'all see that? Authority comes from Jesus. And if Jesus didn't send you, there's not authority or power for that particular area. Yeah. I say power comes from Jesus. And authority comes from Jesus. You see, when you get Holy Spirit, you get power, but you get authorized and then the power activates. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Watch this. <laughs> Ezekiel. Chapter 37. If y'all still awake, say amen. 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 Some of you, this may be a lot for you, but that's okay. I'm going to break it down as best as I can so you can get it. All right? And if you have any questions after, pull me aside after service. We can talk about it. All right? Amen? amen. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse number 1. New Living Translation. This is good. Mm -hmm. This is one of my favorite, favorite stories ever. One of my favorites. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse number 1. New Living Translation. If you're there, say amen. amen. Okay, let's watch this. Verse number 1 says, The Lord took hold of me. This is the prophet Ezekiel speaking. And I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried up. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? Let me break this down in a way that I can make sure you get this. The first verse says, the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord. Okay, what this signifies is that God told him to go because he took him. Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. The prophet was a prophet regardless, but God took him to that valley. Dry bones. Do you want to know what dry bones means here? Death. Not Ezekiel decided to go into the valley and see if the miraculous power of God would bring them back to life. No. The Spirit of the Lord carried him. Stay with me. Verse number four. No, three. Let's finish three. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Whew. Wait a minute. Before we go to the next point. Verse 4 says, Then he said to me, Who is he? The Lord. He said, Speak a prophetic message to these bones. Now watch this. From verses 4 through 6, God gave him exactly what to say. Sounds like specific instructions. If you're awake, say amen. I need to make sure y'all are awake because y'all got to get this. I'm not going to tell you too much longer. God took the prophet to the valley and then he asked the prophet, can these dry bones live? I'm about to break this down for y'all. Y'all ready? Put on your thinking caps. God asked the man of God a rhetorical question. Sister Cross, can these drop bones live? Huh. What does the prophet respond with? The prophet said, Oh sovereign Lord, you alone know the answer to that. What I want you guys to understand is that just because something is dead does not mean God wants it to come back to life. The prophet Ezekiel answered correctly because realistically he hadn't consulted God yet about those bones. So he said the best thing he could have said, oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know that. 
half of the church pastors would have failed that test because they would have said, of course they can. What do you want me to say to them? <laughs> brother, 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 sit down. Sit down. In that church robe you got on, sit down. Because you do out of step. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He resists those who think they have everything they need from God, but he gives grace to those who are willing to listen to the voice of God for fresh instructions every day because they're humble enough to know that they don't have it all together. Y'all gonna get it tomorrow. See, God resists the people who think they carry all the power of God and it's coming from them and not coming from the one who gives the power. Church. Listen to this. The Bible says, God told him, speak a prophetic message. How many people have encountered a prophetic person in their life? Raise your hand. Okay. Okay. If you know, like I know, sometimes they really be prophetic. And sometimes people be calling themselves prophets and they not. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that the gift of prophecy is available to everyone. 1 Corinthians, it says to covet the earnest gifts. And one of those gifts is the gift of prophecy. Saul prophesied when he was amongst the prophets, but did that change his role from being a king to a prophet? No. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Abraham and the group that was with him all had the same spirit, and I'm sure they was prophesying to one another, but did Abraham change his name to Prophet Abraham? The Bible says that the Lord told him to speak a prophetic message. Not, he said, I'm going to prophesy today. No, no. See, if y'all ain't been in a lot of churches, y'all might not get what I'm saying. But if you've been in any church anywhere, there's always going to be that one person who's going to hit you with, I got a word for you. It ain't going to happen to him. Because they're going to be authorized, basically, that we don't do that. We don't got no core spirits up in here. I'm going to let you know that now. Do you do diligence on core? K-O-R-A-H. Go look it up. You'll see what I'm talking about. But listen, I ain't got time to tell you. But Sister Amori here, young little Amori, it's like a spiritual daughter to me and, and my wife. But she got a prophetic anointing. She is actually a prophetess. But I've never heard her call herself one. I very rarely hear her say, I got a word for you. You know why? Because she understands that unless God gave her the prophetic message to give, she shouldn't say anything. This is going over a lot of hands. This might be for a meat eater conversation, but just pay attention because I'm about to break this down to you. The prophet Ezekiel spoke the message just as he told me, is what verse 7 says. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Why is the H capitalized? Because who was speaking? God. The Bible says, suddenly, somebody say suddenly. As I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Somebody say skeletons. Step one. He spoke the word of the Lord and the bones begin to rattle in the valley. And then they attach themselves together as skeletons. No skin. Verse 8. Then as I watched, somebody say watched. Not when it laid hands. Not when it prophesied some more. Not when it prayed in tongues. Not when it ran around the valley to give a victory lap because God didn't tell me to do that. As I sat and watched, Somebody say watch. Wow. What we got to understand as believers is sometimes you got to sit back and watch God work and stop trying to assist him in the work. Because when you do the initial instruction, he'll take over. Amen. The reason they're not changing is because you're trying to make them change. You're not watching now. Don't worry, you'll get it tomorrow. But for the person who's for you guys, just then. See, sometimes we want to assist God in work. He says, sit down and watch me do it. Uh... Carrie Underwood said, Jesus, take the wheel. That's what she meant. She's going to sit back and watch God drive the car now. Because she followed the initial instruction. Watch this. 
The Bible says, as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Somebody say breath. I don't care how a person looks on the outside. They can look marvelous, fantastic. They can be fabulous. But unless they have gotten filled fresh with Holy Spirit, their spirit man is still dead inside. I'm trying to tell you something. You ain't got to get it. That's okay. Listen to it later. You'll get it. Look, the spirit of the Lord had not entered into the valley yet. So those bones were still lifeless. He watched skeletons form and skin go on their body. And they were sitting like this, but there was no breath in them. Because the spirit of the Lord had not moved upon the valley to insert the breath of God in them yet. I'm going to break this down for the millennials in a second. I just got to finish reading. Hold on. Verse number nine. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds. Somebody say winds. First he told him to speak to the bones. Sound like, again, specific instructions. I'm going to say it with me. Wake up, church. Specific instructions. Specific instructions. I'm going to say it until you get it. Specific instructions. I know you heard the first word, but are you able to listen to God a second time to hear the next step? My brother texted me yesterday and said God told him to just sit and be quiet and rest in him. He didn't know what my sermon was about, but God knew. Sometimes God just wanted to sit and rest. So while God was moving, Ezekiel was resting and watching God move. Then God came back to him again and said, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. My God. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies. Somebody say dead. dead. So they may live again. I just told you they were dead. Y'all thought I was joking, huh? They were dead. They didn't have no breath. Do y'all understand the power of God? He literally made people come back together, but they still ain't have no breath. But they sitting up. <laughs> what would you have done if you had seen Dead people sitting up. Eyeballs, hair, everything. Just no breath. What would you have done? That looks real zombie-ish to me. <laughs> That's what life is like without God. You look dead. You have to take it this serious Because when God gives you a word to speak You never know Whose life you're about to impact You never know what dead spiritual person God is about to use you to bring back to life This is why it's important to listen And get specific instructions For your assignment Somebody say assignment Watch this The Bible says in verse 10 So I spoke the message as he commanded me. Now look at the screen. Let's parallel these. Verse 7 said, I spoke this message just as he told me. In verse 10, I spoke the message as he commanded me. I'm mirroring them for a reason. The key to all of this is obedience. He did it. Watch this. And in verse 10, it says, And breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood upon their feet. A great army. I love that significance because it was so significant. God, can I? Okay, before I go to that point, because we almost had close points. The Bible specifically says a great army. Not like a great army, not similar to a great army. The Bible literally says a great army. Let's bring it in. Millennial times. Stop looking for God to send you your help. Go minister to the people he has assigned you to. And those are the builders to assist you in rebuilding what he has given you. You're looking for the army. God has given them to you, but you don't recognize them because they're still at the military hospital. It's your job to go revive them and put them back on the battlefield. 
I told you, judgment must first begin in the house of God. How can you bring soldiers into the battlefield of the world if you ain't got no soldiers to fight with? You know why people ain't going to church? Because ain't nobody preaching the real word of God. The millennials got tired of it, so they said, I'm not going. Oh, no, I'll trust me, I relate. Because I wasn't going. I was running for years because God told me, you're going to be in ministry. And I said, the devil is a lie. They're all hypocrites. Listen, man, I'm telling you the truth. But the problem that I didn't realize is that I have to be the change that I want to see. It's time for the people of God to stop making excuses about what the next church does and what the next preacher did and how they embezzle for so what? This church ain't embezzling. I know most Christians are hypocrites, but what about you? Are you a hypocrite? I, 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 I know most Christians come in and, and, and smile at their neighbor and they talk about them behind their back, but we don't do that here, or do you? See, when you start asking yourself questions that you're pointing out towards other people, then it becomes a little different because whatever judgment you measure out, Matthew 7, that's what you'll be measured upon. Be careful what you hold other people to because God will hold you to that same beautiful grand year. If you're awake, say amen. Watch this. God spoke to him and they became a great army. Now let me show you what God gave me. God released Ezekiel to prophesy both times. And then the prophetic word carried power. God released him. And then the word carried power. Watch this. If the prophet, thank you Holy Spirit, if the prophet had a prophesy before he got the prophetic word from God to heal, no power would have came to them bones and they would have stayed on the ground. Who knows what the people of God in that region needed when that army came back to life? What if God literally had to raise up the dead people to bring reinforcements and defenders to the aid of the people of God? What if the man of God had been rebellious and decided that he already carried the power because his calling as a prophet was already there? So therefore, the power must be connected to the call. No, the power is connected to the person who gave you the call. And if you're not obedient to the source, then the power that's associated with the source does not follow the call. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen. God released Ezekiel. And then he gave him the power behind the world. Y'all want to know what's in fine print that I didn't put up there? God released him, but then his obedience is what activated the power. That's it. Come on, somebody. Let me explain this to you. Closing points. Don't let the enemy trick you out of your position. He tries to bait us. There's a song out. Don't ask me how I know because I heard it. You know, y'all be playing all kinds of stuff on the timeline. I'll be, not y'all, but the social media be playing all kinds of stuff on the timeline. I'll be like, Lord Jesus, I got to swipe out real quick. There ain't be no more be going on, but I will come all things for all men that I might win some. Come on, glory. But I heard a song. He'd still be alive right now if y'all ain't gas him up. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't act like y'all don't know. Some of y'all know. Some of y'all don't know. He'll still be alive right now if y'all ain't gassed him up. You know what that means? If you didn't gas him up to step out of his position, he'd still be alive right now. In other words, if you let the enemy gas you up and trick you out of your position, you're going to spiritually commit suicide. Let's bring it back full circle. I don't care about the song, but it's got a valid point. See, if you move in God and live in God, you can find truth in everything. Next point. Don't move until God releases you. I know y'all done heard that the whole sermon, but ain't no, I didn't ever put the point up on the board, so write it down because you might need to put it down for yourself. Don't move until God releases you. Thank you, Jesus. Let me explain to you why you don't move. The release is perfectly timed. Somebody say perfectly timed. By God to equip you with everything you need for where he's sending you. I love when people are zealous about going into the mission field for God. I love that. I really do. I love when people are hyped to go preach the gospel. Because there's so many people who don't want to do it. 
But, somebody say but. But. Even in the midst of their zeal, I always caution them. I call it caution to the wind. I always caution them. I say, okay, let's make sure we get everything we need before we go on that assignment. Because the enemy's goal is to trick you out of your position. It's all bait. You want me to give you an example? <clears throat> Renice, someone has a word for you. They tell you that God has called you to the mission field in South Africa. God is going to anoint you for it and you will be going there. That's the word. Ross? Okay. Now, Renice, I'll tell you something. If you heard that word and then the people around you heard it and they go, praise the Lord. She's going to South Africa. Let's stop and go find me right now. Go ahead and buy her some new luggage. She's going to go be a missionary. God just called her a missionary. She's an evangelist. Let's just place the call on you because we heard the prophetic word. That's, That's what they do. That's what churches do. And then they gas you up so much that they put the funds behind you. They put the prayer team online praying for it. They do all of this. But what they fail to remember is that Pastor's jam is not going to be up on this board. Mike going to write it down. Every single prophetic word from God has a time stamp. Yes. So if they heard the prophetic word, but God wants you to do your due diligence and get the release on the time stamp, you might think South Africa missionary travel is in three months, and it might literally be in three years. Okay, let's, let's, let's back on up to scripture since we're looking a little lost. Uh, the Bible says that a thousand years is but a day to God. Yes. No. That's what it's so if that's what it's saying, that lets me know that my concept of time is not God's concept of time. Exactly. God, you're taking too long. Maybe to you, but it literally might have only been 20 seconds since he gave the word in heaven. <laughs> Saints, this is what I'm saying. He's trying to equip you. Because if you go to South Africa without the anointing to deal with the demons that will encounter when you step off the plane in Johannesburg, when you get off that plane and they realize you ain't equipped, they're going to beat you senseless. Yeah. And the work that you was called to do will be halted because of disobedience. Amen. Church, listen to me. Before we get to this next decade, it is imperative that you learn how to, number one, hear the voice of God, and number two, be submissive to your covenant. If you don't got one, get one. It ain't got to be here. Maybe I'm a little too harsh for you. I don't know. I think I'm pretty nice, but I like to give the word of the Lord, and I don't cut no corners. Now, if you talk to me after service, you're going to hear that quiet, calm, cool, collective pastor. I'll just be chilling, right? The ones that don't, you know. If you know, you know. If this is your first time, you're going to be like, man, you fireball. I'm just giving the word of the Lord, fam. That's it. Because it's like fire in my bones. Look that up, Jeremiah. But... I'm just letting you know, you need to have a covering somewhere. Because if you don't have a covering, man, you ain't got no vision. And where there is no vision, the people. A lot of mercy. Uh, let me break this down for you. Praise the Lord. Good prayer, Lord. God, good praise. Um, <laughs> when you get ready to step into a new assignment, God will always give you the instructions for the assignment. There's something else that I didn't put in that he just placed in my spirit. Also, he will give you the people that you're supposed to have also on that assignment. Some of your assignments are halted because you don't have the right people around you. God will use you in a mighty way, but if you ain't got the team to help you do it, he ain't going to put you out there by yourself because he understands what will happen to you. See... Relationship over religion doesn't just apply to God, although that is the focal point for that statement in our church. Relationship with God is way more important than your religious preference. It's the only thing that really matters. You don't get into heaven based on being Pentecostal or Church of God in Christ. You don't get into heaven by being Church of the Latter-day Saints. You don't get into heaven by being Catholic or Baptist or anything else. You get into heaven based on your relationship with God. Amen. Say yes. Yes. So, but the thing is, you do have to have relationship with God and with your fellow man, yes. the body. Your body. Look, after church today, I 
want you all to talk to one another. Maybe just two minutes. If you've never spoken to someone in here, speak to someone. If you've spoken to them before, but very sparingly, speak to someone. What God wants to do before we go into the new year is he wants to solidify, I keep hearing the same word, potentially groundbreaking relationships. Because we are going into a decade where evangelism is key. The first part of the Great Commission is evangelism. Go. Make disciples. You don't have to have the calling of an evangelist to go evangelize. Am I making sense? Everybody, every Christian should be out evangelizing. You know what? We be looking for the mission field. Sometimes the mission field is in your backyard. Sometimes it's in your house. It's in your neighborhood. It's with the people at the HOA. I mean, I, I'm just telling you. We, we won't got it. God, break it down. Put it big on the screen. I want to go to Africa, Uganda. I want I want to go to Egypt. I want to go minister to the masses. God, like yo, you can't even take care of your coworkers at your job. I want to see you all there. Assignment, responsibilities. We like to duck the local ground, but we want to go to the international. How did it even work? You don't even have the local anointing down pack. I even go. Yo, beloved, I'm trying to help you. Listen, I don't preach this for y'all. God be speaking to me too. I was like, God, you know, like, God, like, this was earlier, not, this, not right now, but this was earlier. Than I was like, God, I want, you know, more members in, and because we, we preaching the word, and we giving the real word, God, and da da da. You know, you know, I'm from the street a little bit, so I was talking to God like that, right? And then God says, Son, I'm trying to equip you with the people under your pavilion right now because you're going to encounter some things when that mass is broke, and you're going to have to be ready for it. And boy, I got some curveballs toward the end of the year. Uh, I did, did, did. We had some curveballs. I think we knocked them out of the park. I think we did. Did. We on the scoreboard right now. We up, baby. We up. We going into the new year up. We done won this game. Ninth inning. Bottom of the ninth. We up by like three, bro. I'm just saying, hey, y'all gonna get it too hard. It's between me. But I'm telling you, man, we up right now. Spiritually, we up. The thing is, I had to learn to be faithful, a good steward over who God placed under me right now before I can ask God for more. Don't ask God for nothing else if you can't take care of right here. Because sometimes he'll give it to you just to prove a point. 